Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I'm speaking to the concept of identifying barriers to self-love. What is it exactly that keeps so many of us feeling unable to truly love, embrace, accept, support, and be kind to ourselves? And how do we shift from a place of rejecting ourselves to truly appreciating and accepting ourselves unconditionally? So take a listen and enjoy. Hey, everybody. Whitney here with an Identify and Heal solo episode. And on today's episode, I'm getting into identifying barriers to self-love, which truly is an exploration of what is now essentially a epidemic in our society amongst humanity, which is this deep-seated tendency to reject ourselves and to feel unable to truly love ourselves unconditionally, which is a very interesting phenomenon. And when you look around, can really make you wonder, what is going on here? Why do so many of us tend to be on the side of self-rejection, self-criticism, self-judgment, lack of self-worth? lack of self-confidence, lack of self-esteem, lack of lack of belief in ourselves, lack of support for ourselves. It goes on and on. How did we get to this point? Because if you think about it, not loving ourselves is counterintuitive to the experience of existence. If you subscribe to some of the spiritual ideas, then you're familiar with the concept that we are all one which means we're all a part of the infinite universe, divine source, whatever you might want to call it, which is itself love. The universe, the universe's only energy is love. That's it. The only reason we experience anything other than love is because we're living in a state of duality while we're having the earth experience. So we find ourselves here on earth with this duality And yet, rather than having a balance of maybe some self-reflection, some abilities to identify our challenges and work on them, yet always continuing to love ourselves, what we've really done is to just push right in to the concept of self-rejection, that we are not worthy, that we need to berate ourselves and demean ourselves for mistakes for perceived shortcomings, for our struggles, for not being able to do or get or have the things we're, we think we're supposed to, right? And again, if you look around our world, it's really, it's not that hard 
to see why it happens, how it happens. It's still a anomaly because again, it goes against our inherent essence of what we are. We are love. We are. So you would think that we would want mostly to be in this state of acceptance and love and embrace of ourselves. However, from the second that we are born into this world, we're berated by fear. Messages of fear that if you don't have this, if you don't do this, if you don't achieve this, if you are not this, then you are not worthy, you are not good, you are not acceptable, you will not be loved, you don't matter. All of these are what make up some of the what are known as core false beliefs that many humans hold within themselves. And our beliefs govern our behavior. So when we hold these beliefs that we don't matter and that we're not lovable and that we're not worthy unless, then we go about our lives trying to validate ourselves, pushing and pushing ourselves so that we can finally feel like we're good enough, that we have a place that we can be accepted. And so that creates that barrier to self-love because self-love is inherent with unconditional love. When we experience unconditional love, there is nothing that can happen that can change the regard we have for ourselves. Unconditional self-regard means that we can see missteps, that we can observe when we don't feel that we've acted to the level the highest accord that we would hope to, that maybe we feel we faltered, yet our acceptance of ourselves just does not change. Our regard for ourselves does not change. We know that our worth doesn't change. This is a rare state for people to live in. The most common way that people live is this battle, this constant struggle to feel an ounce of unconditional love and regard for themselves. We can feel that we're on this roller coaster where if things are going quote unquote right, if we feel like we're attractive enough, we look the right way, we've achieved the right things, we're perceived the right way, we've attained what we thought we needed, we have money, we have means, we have attention, we have success, then we're good. Yet those are all externals and externals are subject to change. That's the nature of everything outside of us. We're not able to control that. The only thing we can control is what's within us. And of course, emotions can feel uncontrollable. They come and they rise, but it's what they say. They say emotions are like the clouds. You let them pass through. You observe them, you notice them, and you let them pass. Many of us can't do that. We have an emotion and we believe it's truth and we believe we have to do something about this. And that's a lifelong work is to learn how to ride the wave of emotions. Yet, again, sometimes we have emotions and we think it determines whether or not we can love ourselves, right? I know that when I have really rough days and I feel like nothing's working out and I feel hopeless and I feel abandoned and I feel alone, that I have dark thoughts. I have thoughts of not wanting to be here because it feels too hard and I feel void of love. And that may be a big thing to admit for someone who's a therapist, yet it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody has times where they question, do I matter? Do I even belong here? Is there even a point to this? 
And these questions are the result of, again, this constant messaging from the time we're born that we are not safe, that we need to be in fear, that our worthiness, our value, our ability to be loved is conditional. I speak a lot on this show about conditional versus unconditional and how that's the big shift that's occurring on our planet now is that we are a conditional society. You are only impressive if. You are only lovable if. You're only of worth if. You only have value if. If you're pretty, if you're wealthy, if you're successful, if you're impressive, if you've achieved a lot, if you have a partner, if you have a family, if you have a house, if you have kids, if you have a successful career, then you can have worth. Then you can be lovable. Yet we give almost no credit as a society at large to the innate value and worth of the human soul, which again is a fascinating thing because it's truly the ultimate reality of of the universe, of life, of the divine, of God, of source, is that it is inherently of value. It is only love. There is no thing that is not love. And again, we're having a unique experience on earth where we get to see the shadow side of the bright light. Yet our journey here, the purpose of coming here is to say, can I still triumph? Can I still learn to remember and hold true the truth about myself, the true value and worth and infinite value and infinite gifts of myself, even when I'm shown this darker side? Can I hold both and still love myself? Can I hold the darkness? Can I hold the light and still say, no matter what, I still love you and know your value? Even at your worst day, even at your worst atrocities, there is nothing you can do that would make me not love you. And I've spoken to this before, but this doesn't mean that we allow people around us who hurt us, right? It doesn't mean that we forgive ourselves for being, I'm not saying you don't forgive yourself. You can always forgive yourself. But it doesn't mean that we keep allowing for us to hurt others or hurt ourselves. There's work that needs to be done. If we see that we are self-destructing, maybe we've developed an addiction of some sort and we continuously are battling to discontinue drug use or substance use or whatever it might be, it's time to seek help. Yet that doesn't mean that we have cut off love for ourselves. If we've realized that we need to seek out guidance, seek out a professional, that we need to change our ways, then we do that. We help ourselves. We don't necessarily approve of how we've been acting or conducting ourselves, but just because we're conducting ourselves in a manner that we recognize to not be a representation of who we truly are doesn't mean that we disown ourselves or deem ourselves unworthy, unlovable, unvaluable. And this pertains to people in our life, right? I've had many falling outs in my life. And it doesn't mean that I don't love that person, especially if it's a family member or a dear friend. Yet you can, as they call it, disconnect with love if that person continuously hurts you and you feel like is more so draining you rather than energizing or supporting or able to meet you where you're at in terms of taking care of yourself and wanting to to help and take care and have reciprocal relationships. But you can disconnect with love because I've also done episodes on forgiveness and anger, 
right? There's times when we're angry and the people that we've cut out of our lives, we feel so mad. That's natural. Yet if we stay in that anger, it just begins to hurt us, right? So it's imperative to find means for forgiveness for the people that we've recognized bring us down and make us feel not good about ourselves, that don't feel aligned with the things that we are really important to us, the things that light us up. If people mock us and put us down because we're showing the light in our hearts, we're showing what we really believe in, then we can say, I love you and I wish you the best, but I, I do know, not wish to continue this connection because this connection brings me down. And what usually happens is that person is perfectly happy to pull, try and pull you down. And then when you try to break free, they say, oh, how could you do that? And you say, I have to look after myself. I have to keep rising. I have to let my light shine. And people will tell you, they say, well, you're selfish and you're judgmental and you're, you know, too intolerant. And we always need to check in with ourselves and ask of ourselves, ask ourselves, is that true? But if you feel like, no, I'm just doing what's for my highest good, because what's when we make the choice for our highest good, it's always for the highest good of all. That's the way it works. When we guilt ourselves and tell ourselves, oh, I'm a bad person because I didn't go to that event last week or because I wasn't able to say what I do what I said I was going to do because I was just exhausted. You were exhausted. You needed to take care of yourself, recharge your batteries. If you have someone in your life who just drains you and then makes you feel guilty because they say that you're not doing what they need you to do, you need to look at yourself. We need to attend to ourselves just as much as we attend to others. And again, everything always takes a little bit of self-awareness, checking in with ourselves. Are we just cutting people out left and right because they're not doing what we think they should do? That's a different thing. That comes from an immature energy. And the two can be tied together, right? We can be a little bit immature. We can have some inner child stuff coming up when we say, oh, I just, I don't even want anything to do with this person anymore because they always criticize me. And it can be your little child being like, don't bully me. Don't be mean to me. But that doesn't mean it's not still true that this person seems perfectly comfortable with putting you down and not giving you the support and credit that you deserve. You can say, okay, I'm, I'm addressing my inner child response, but I'm also honoring my higher self, which is saying, let go of things that are not for you, of things that do not serve you, of things that you've outgrown. When we stay connected to these things, it continues to be a barrier to our self-love. So back to the topic of this episode, identifying barriers to self-love. There's another component of this that's very crucial to understand, which is that self-love can be the product of self-esteem, self-confidence, learning to love and revere ourselves. And that can take work. Yes, it is inherent to us to love ourselves fully. It's the true nature of every soul is to love everything unconditionally. However, we are operating as a physical being on this plane. So we have free choice. We have free will. So just like a muscle, we get to choose which muscle we strengthen. The one that criticizes ourselves, the one that judges ourselves, the one that puts labels on ourselves, the one that has these conditional terms for ourselves. Oh, well, you haven't kept up your workout routine, so you're bad and you're not worthy of being able to go out and enjoy meals. Is that fair? Is that true? 
well, you still are single and you haven't found anybody. So clearly there's something wrong with you and you're not lovable. Whoa, that's not a very kind statement to make or something to say to ourselves, right? That's one side. That's one muscle you can build. And like I was saying, it's basically an epidemic at this point on our planet that those muscles are big and bulging. <laughs> those are some real like bodybuilder muscles that humans have created is the self deprivation, self-detriment, self-criticism. Boy, we've we've figured that out, right? If there's anything that we've truly mastered on this planet, it's how to hurt ourselves and one another, which is something to really take a second to think about. How did we get here? And some might say it's just the passing of the darkness, and it is. If we are truly living in a world of duality, then we must have full darkness at some point. I love that they say that the moon is an analogy for our life. The cycles of the moon. Sometimes we're in complete darkness and it feels like there's no hope. The new moon. And then, sure enough, it begins to move back into its fullness as it wanes towards a full moon. Maybe this is the time of humanity where we're reaching complete darkness. And I wouldn't say it's complete darkness. There is always love. There's so many beautiful expressions of love all the time, which is a great thing to tap into when we're in that place of feeling defeated, feeling hopeless, feeling worthless. That's one thing I will say for, I struggle with the internet, with online, with social media, but you can jump on there and you can look up videos of people being being reunited with family or pets. It's like a good one to go to, right? Because it just elicits this beautiful emotion of at our hearts, we all want to be connected and we all feel deep love for each other and for creatures, all creatures. Yet sometimes it feels so dark and it feels like, does anyone love me? Do I really matter to anybody? And these are often wounds that start at childhood. So talking about the inception point, the seeds of this self-rejection, where did it start? Well, it started from fear, where all quote-unquote negative emotions come from. And again, we are a world of fear and love, dark and light. When we pass on and we move back to totality, back to being a part of the all that there is, the spirit world, we release all that fear. There is no fear. There is no fear. If you listen to stories about near-death experiences, people will say, I went into this state where there was no fear and there was no pain. I felt nothing except for ecstatic joy and safety and love. And it was so overwhelming that I couldn't imagine how I could have felt anything else. We will all return back to that. There is nothing to fear. We're having a unique experience for a reason. I promise you, you show up here for a reason. You keep waking up in this experience on this planet, having this bizarre experience of linear time, which is not real. Yet we feel like one day passes and the next day comes and months and weeks and years. It's all this little game that we've created. But what a joy. How fun. I know it doesn't seem fun sometimes, but what a game to play for a soul that knows nothing of that when it's in the spirit realm. There is no time. There is nothing other than pure joy and bliss. So we come here to remember and to grow as a soul because that's how souls level up. They keep evolving because what do we gain on earth when we experience pain? We often gain compassion. When we've gone through the hardest times of our life, as difficult as they were, as much as we thought they were crushing us and breaking us, 
when we come through it, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, we have greater wisdom and knowledge than we could ever have had if those things did not happen. Grit, growth, and the glory of knowing how strong we are, how powerful we are, and then being able to give to others and be able to speak to someone and truly say, I understand how you feel. Please tell me your pain because I've been there and I want to know and I I am comfortable hearing it and holding it for you because I've been to those depths too. Some of the difficult things that happen to us become the most powerful and beneficial to our soul growth, to our heart growth. So again, we live the way we do because we have fear and we have love. And we're at a time of, again, almost total darkness where we're enveloped by fear. All systems around us have learned to thrive through fear. So it's no wonder that we jump first to rejecting and criticizing ourselves, because everything around us says you have to change because you're not good enough. So you need to change and you should be scared not to change because you're going to fall and slip through the cracks and disappear into nothingness because you're so insignificant unless you look this certain way or get this certain thing or have this certain achievement. From the time we're born, We're subjected to these messages. There's no way to save anybody that comes into this world from that overwhelming radiance of messaging that says, be afraid, be very afraid that you are going to be left behind. And no one is spared. Even the most beautiful, the most wealthiest, the people who are seem the most important, no one is spared. Because it's a soul condition. It's a soul experience. Yet the shift that is going to happen on our planet is that we, it's inevitable. I truly believe it. And we're just starting to see the major, major shift. The The ground is truly splitting and breaking from this false belief that fear can run everything, that power is our God, that money is our God, that prestige and status is our God. All lies. No truth to it. It's all external. External is nothing. It's a, it's a facade that we created to have an experience. Those things are, the foundation is cracking. And we're going to realize there is no value here in anything external. But there is infinite value in our soul, in our hearts, in love. And once we make that shift, we're going to come to the light and realize, oh my gosh, what were we doing This was so silly. We used to tell beautiful, successful people that they were gods and we worshiped them. And we said, you are fantastic. And I am just this measly little person with nothing to offer just because they had the externals in place. There's no truth to that. There's none. The only thing that ever matters is our everlasting, beautiful soul. And I say this being someone who has spent my whole life wanting nothing more than to be one of those perfect impressive, revered people where it seemed like they had everything. And because of how they looked and their status, that they were just automatically more interesting and more lovable and people were nicer to them. And I thought, I I want that. That's all I care about. I just want people to treat me like they do those people. I want to be important like that person so I never have to feel this pain that I felt my whole life that I just didn't matter and that I was no good and that I was ignored and that maybe I don't even exist because people treat me like I'm nothing. And I know I'm not the only one. 
And that's why I do what I do. And I know that I chose these conditions so that I could have this awakening and realize, oh my gosh, what are we doing? This is nuts. And I still am working to find my worth. And I look forward to being fully on the other side because then I can truly speak to and inspire others on how to get there. But right now I'm working from where I am. And that's why I'm talking today about identifying the barriers to self-love because I've identified them. And for me right now, it's a work in progress and it's a consistent exercise. What I've realized, as I spoke to before, is that building your self-love and self-esteem is building the muscle. And it's the same choice you have to make when you decide to change your physical body and you say, if I do five push-ups one day and never do anything else, I will not achieve the strength and health in my body, the stamina, the power, the strength that I'm looking for. It won't happen with just one day of doing a few push-ups. It takes consistent effort and focus. Again, you have to think of it as as much energy as we now put into rejecting and criticizing ourselves. We have to shift that into building self-esteem muscles. And I often tell people that every single day we have the choice of two paths. It's as simple as that, just two different things. Acceptance or rejection. Are you saying things to yourself? Are you doing things that are critical, that are demeaning, that are rude to yourself, that are not honoring yourself? Or are you doing things that are loving and kind and supportive like you're your own biggest cheerleader? And I know it's not that easy because I struggle with it too. And I have days where I fall flat on my face and I say, I'm, I can't do it. I don't have what other people have. I'm not impressive. I'm not smart enough. But I keep showing up anyways because there's something inside of me that says you're here for a reason and you have a distortion in your mind about what is of value and what is important and what matters. And you can get to the other side and then help other people see the way. And there's so many of us who are being called to this because we all know deep in our souls and our hearts that the way we are living is not accurate. It's not an accurate representation of what we really are. We deserve to be joyful to have unconditional love for one another and ourselves, to have a magical, marvelous experience of life that so few of us are having. Even these fancy people, these beautiful people, these wealthy, rich people of great status, it's all a mirage. Most of them are miserable because they know that the external is not the truth about them. And some of their souls are as empty as anything else as anyone else who feels no value or true worth, because true worth will never be based on externals. That's the icing on the cake. When it comes from a good place, the things that we produce are amazing. We're supposed to be creatively endeavoring together. We're supposed to be this giant orchestra of souls that came together on this planet to see what magic can we stir up here. But rather, it's become this vicious war and competition of If you're good, then I'm not as good. So you can't be as good as me. And so we fight and so we battle. And the ones that prevail are the ones that we deem to be gods and to be of worth. worth, And the rest of us are just peons. And it's not true. And the end of these times are coming. That's where we are at now. So I ask each of you to hear me when I say that loving ourselves is building the muscle of self-love. We break these barriers, which are day-to-day things that happen. We get rejected. We don't feel like the success we were seeking is happening. We're not finding love. We see love happen for everyone around us, but not us. 
Someone says something rude to us. Someone dismisses us. We feel belittled. We feel unseen. We feel uncelebrated. And rather than have an objective view of that and just come from our highest selves and say, oh, that person wasn't able to give me what I needed. Oh, that person must be having a bad day. They said something rude. We've learned to take everything to heart and decide that it has meaning about our souls because that's what we're really doing and that's why we're suffering so much. We may say that, oh, I just, I don't like being called unattractive because I just want to be beautiful. The mess, the deeper message is saying you are not lovable. Again, it always comes down to core false beliefs. Little things happen throughout our day that tap into these core false beliefs. Oh, I knew it. I'm not lovable. Oh, I knew it. I'm not worthy. I knew it. I don't matter. These are the beliefs that get sparked by things day in and day out. These are the barriers to self-love because we say, no, not me. Other people, I wish them the best. I know they can love themselves, but I can't do it. And it also comes from stuff from the past, right? I messed that up so badly. I didn't achieve what I should have by now. I have all these regrets. I have all this guilt. I have all this disappointment. So no, I can't love myself. There's no way. Not after what I've, not after what I've done. Not after who I've been. Yet that is the glory of life is that there is always, always a time for change. Every single day, every single second. We are presented with choices. And with each choice, we redefine and recreate who we are. We create who we are anew every single day. We have the illusion that who we are today is exactly the same as we were yesterday. We look the same. We act the same. No. Every single moment, we're recreating who we are. And we can always make a higher choice. And the highest choice will always be based in love and not fear. We make choices out of fear. We're mostly thinking about other people. If we lived in a vacuum, we would only know the love of God, source, the universe, and we wouldn't worry about what anyone else does. But here on earth, we look outward and we are miserable because it's a living hell to feel like you need to have forces outside of yourself, everyone around you, the external, be able to show up just as you need in order to feel a certain way. Then you're at the whim of how things unfold, then you're dependent on things that are literally out of your control to feel good. And that's how we all live our lives. When you tap into that true source of love within yourself and you say, I can make this choice over and over again, that no matter what happens, I hold myself in the highest regard and I love myself and that I love all other beings. And if they do something that is hurtful to another or to myself, then I can detach with love and say, I hope that you get the healing that you need. I hope that you get the help that you need. I hope that you find your your soul and love. But right now you're harmful to others. You're hurting others. So the barriers to self-love will always be our core false beliefs that are making us repetitively tell ourselves, not me not me. Because this happened today, I can't love myself. The barrier to self-love is conditionality, is saying that if this, then I can love myself. That will always lead us to the path of detriment because the only thing we can be sure of is that life will throw us different challenges and we won't always respond in the highest way because we're souls that are learning. And it's only through our learning, through our perceived missteps, that we grow. 
So we can either decide that we're not good enough to be loved because of things we do, or we can bless every situation we come into, even if it doesn't go as we hoped. And we can say, wow, I learned so much from this. I'm so grateful that this happened because it helped teach me a valuable lesson. It helped me learn more about who I really am and who I'm not. And I get it. I get it. Trust me, it's not that easy. I don't really very often respond that way, right? If I feel like I royally screwed something up, I might have a little hissy fit, okay? But there's another part of unconditional love. Let yourself have a hissy fit. Let yourself have a day where you just collapse and fall apart and cry. We need to allow for this. Yet if that continues, we need to seek help and support. If we're in a dangerous place and we're thinking about really not wanting to be here, we need to recognize that we need a lifesaver. We need something to lift us up because we can't do it ourselves. Yet so often we see that if we just give ourselves time to fall into and experience that depth of pain, we'll feel a little bit better, right? Most of us have been there where we have a deep, deep cry and then maybe the next day we feel, okay, okay, I can, I can do this again. I can try. We find something that makes us laugh. We find a little spark of hope and we say, all right, that was a, that was a difficult dip but I'm back and I'm ready. So we work and build these muscles, these muscles of self-love. We continuously make the choice to accept ourselves rather than reject ourselves. And it does take effort. Again, just like physical exercise. If somebody is learning to weightlift and they're at 20 pounds, right? Maybe lifting like 20-pound bars over their head. You're never going to get to lifting 100 pounds if you don't keep at it, if you don't actively keep saying, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push a little harder. This is really tough. And that's exactly how it feels sometimes to love ourselves when it feels impossible, right? We say, God damn, this is hard. And I'm angry, yet I'm not going to stop loving myself. That doesn't change. We don't allow people into our lives who treat us poorly. That's a big thing. I had a client recently who's struggling with self-love and they're continuing a relationship where the person has essentially turned into a state where they're only offering criticism and cruel remarks, yet they're not letting my client go. They're just stringing them along with abuse and just slowly letting this this relationship turn into this dark demise yet my client feels so attached to them that they actually said I'd rather have them treating me this way than to not have them in my life so we've explored a lot about where is this lack of self-love what's keeping you from being able to love yourself enough to not allow for this mistreatment and cruelty And again, it's just an example of where we are as a species. Most of us are so dependent on outside sources that even if that source is killing us and hurting us, we will still allow for it because it feels more real than what we have inside of us, which can feel like nothing. Which again, what's inside of us is infinite. It's the greatest source of love and inspiration and power that you could ever imagine because we're directly connected with source in the universe. Yet we will take, rather than this infinite source of, flooding love will take this tiny little drip 
of toxic nutrient from a source that is showing us in every way that they do not care about us because it feels more real, because we're not connected with that valve inside of us, with that flood, with that gushing waterfall of love. When we start to turn that on, the whole world changes. Because can you imagine if we all stopped entertaining these little drips? Because it's not just relationships. Relationship is a huge one. And it's something to really look at. Because that can be another big barrier to self-love. We can try to love ourselves all day. But if we're stuck in a toxic relationship or an addiction or any any of these other things, if we're doing things that harm us, we're never going to be able to build true self-love because we're we're engaging more frequently with the exact opposite of self-love, which is allowing for things that do not honor us, that do not truly regard us, right? Again, it's like stating that we want to get healthy, but then only consuming junk food and foods that are not truly offering the nutrients and sustenance that we need. So when we've reached that point, and maybe if you're listening to this point podcast, you're at a point in your life where you, you say, this has gone on long enough. I know for me, I'm now 38 years old. And again, I still have days that are challenging and I still have my engagement in things that are not conducive to self-love, that are barriers to self-love. Yet I'll tell you, I've started breaking them down. I've been breaking down more barriers than ever in the past year. And I continue to keep fighting for it and to keep building those muscles because nothing feels as good as true self-love. And it may not feel as exciting as I've spoken to in my episodes about addiction or, or addiction to chaos. Sometimes we do it because we almost deprive ourselves so that when we get that little drop, like from a toxic partner, it feels so good because it's, it feels like that elixir of love and life that we're not giving ourselves. But when we realize What if I actually tapped into the real source that never deprived me? It may not be this up and down roller coaster, but do you really want that? And again, that's the question. What do you really want? Do you want to keep playing this game of conditional regard for yourself, conditional love? Do you want to keep saying that you want to be able to love yourself and accept yourself and stop trying to seek validation from others, yet you keep doing it? You keep playing into the games because of the thrill And this is not a criticism. I've done it, but it's about identification of recognizing when we do it and then coming to that choice and saying, no, I'm going to choose differently this time. I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to take this route. I'm not going to be seduced by these things that I have in the past. Because guess what? What are these things but conditionality? A partner that wants to enter into your life but is only going to give you intermittent love or acceptance that has conditional love for you. That's what it is. It's all conditional. When you find unconditional sources, you start to realize that that is the true elixir of life and love, true sustenance. And when we as a collective decide that we're done with the games, we're done with the conditionality, we'll have critical mass that's going to move towards this new state of being where we don't entertain conditionality, where we don't make up these fake rules about what truly determines a person's worth and value, and we we step into our true inherent worth, value, and power, we'll never go back. And we're going to reach that full state, that full moon where we're shining so brightly together 
and everything else washes away, all the fighting, all the war. I promise you, this sounds crazy, but I don't care. There will come a day where peace floods across the world like a domino effect, and we all wonder what we were fighting for. Everything feels so deep and entrenched right now that no other way could be, yet I promise you it can, and it starts with you. And that's what motivates me. And maybe this can help you is that, again, when I talk about building that muscle, what gets us up and going to the gym, right? People who have really dedicated to a workout regimen, they're up and they're at the gym at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., or they're there after work because they've decided to to dedicate themselves to their health and well-being. The same goes when you're really ready to love yourself. You don't just do it when it's convenient. You don't just do it when it feels good. And I'm not telling you to burn yourself out and to force it. It can't be forced, but your soul when it is ready, or more so when you finally align with your soul enough to say, I will never hurt you again. I will never dishonor you again. I'll never subject you to this poor treatment, to this abuse by myself or any other. And you keep making the choice for self-love because you've dedicated yourself. Then you become a part of the change. Then every single atrocity you see in the world, if you're truly loving yourself, then you can know that you are doing your part. Because it can be so hard to look around our world and say, what, am, what can I do? There's so much fighting. There's so much death. There's so much horror. There's so much suffering. Love yourself. Love yourself. Break down those barriers to self-love. Begin to fully love yourself unconditionally. Heal yourself. Tend to those wounds, to those core false beliefs that you can move into a space. Build those muscles and act with self-love in everything you do. All right, everybody. I hope that was helpful. I love you all so much. And again, I know that this, I speak <laughs> with with power and what I don't mean to in any way tell anybody what to do or what to think. I just offer, again, what I've been through. And I'm not saying I do this perfectly. I'm, again, still on this path. I just hope to inspire and maybe offer something that somebody needed to hear that you can do this. You can do this. And even dedication can start small with small steps. Some people, when they, again, I keep using the analogy of the gym and stuff, but it's just because it's that that muscle that really does it for me that when I keep that in my head, the self-esteem muscle really does change the game. Because when you think about it, when you have a muscle, you can lift things more easily. I know for me, my whole life, I felt like I had zero self-esteem muscle and everything that happened to me felt like it just knocked me onto my back and I had no power to stand up. I said, oh, I knew it. I knew it. That person's right. I suck. That person's right. I'm ugly. That person's right. I'm worthless because I had no muscles. And then I got tired of it and I started building my muscles and suddenly things didn't knock me over so much. You become like this strong tree with deep roots. That's what self-love is, is it's giving yourself the nutrients that you need to truly build roots and grow. And I know that you can. And again, we get strong not overnight. And it can be little steps, little things that you can incorporate on a day-to-day basis for yourself. And sometimes if we can't do it for ourselves, then engaging with things that we feel love for can help us to awaken the love for ourselves. I know that for me, time with animals always brings me back to a state of love. If I'm feeling angry or frustrated or not able to accept myself as I am, something about animals, their soul, it feels like it's right there right? Whereas when you walk around the world, it's so easy to get frustrated with people and feel, wonder if they're sincere or kind or whatever it is. How do we tap into ourselves? How do we love ourselves? How do we find that ability 
to regard ourselves and see our innate love and worth the way that we do an animal or a child or a beautiful flower. So I do truly hope this is helpful. I hope that you remember to be patient with yourself and I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.